0: What's happening? This is the tap in podcast. We are live inside of the tap in studio. I got a special guest with me today. Um, in lieu of everything going on, I thought it was just imperative that I get somebody that is from the other side of you know, that badge that we can actually talk to. And um, just to get some insight, um, I have Miss LaRonda Young with me. How you doing, LaRonda? I'm
1: good. How are you? Good. Good. good.
0: Thank you for joining us. Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. Yes. So I kind of want to, before we get into everything that's going on, because the the United States is going crazy right now. It is is up in arms. <laughs> but I kind of want to just give some context to the people who are watching. Mm-hmm. Um, now, You used to work for the Fort Worth Police Department, right? Yes. How long were you there?
1: I was with Fort Worth PD for 12 and a half years from
0: 1992
1: to late 2004.
0: okay. And
1: after that, I went to uh, work for the state and I did special investigations uh, for the state. in the Child Protective Services uh, arena. And then I left there, and I was trying to keep my license active because I wasn't sure where I wanted to go as far as my career at that time. Mm -hmm. So I worked for a college police department to keep my law enforcement license active Mm -hmm. until I could determine what I was going to do. And I eventually fell into education, and I've been in education now for the last 13 years.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So... Um, when you first joined, what were you doing? Were you on the streets? Were you beating the streets up or?
1: Yes. What the hell are you doing? Yes. I think a misconception about police work, you know, people will, I get calls all the time, people that are interested in police work, but they say, hey, I want to be a homicide detective or I want to be a crime scene investigator. How do I do that? And Mm -hmm. my answer is always, you got to beat that street first. Uh, Everybody starts on the street. I don't care who it is. If you see somebody on the desk, they started on the street. Everybody goes through the academy. Okay. The steps are, you go through the academy. Once you get through the academy, you go through a training process on the street mm-hmm. they don't just take you out of the academy and stick you on the street so with fort worth and i can only speak for fort worth because that's the only place i've ever worked right um, out of an academy uh, with fort worth you do three months of training on the street you do a training on each shift first shift second shift and third shift which is the midnight shift okay you train with an officer that officer teaches you basically the ropes on the street you put what you learned in the academy To work at that point. Okay. Okay. And, of course, the books can't teach you how to to operate in the streets. So that's why it's imperative that you go through that training. Right. Once you get through that three months of training, if they see that you're progressing like you should, then you do what they call the ghost phase. Ghost phase lasts for two weeks. Two weeks, you go back to the very first training officer you had in that three-month period, and they're going to ride with you for two weeks in plain clothes as just a citizen on the street. You're the officer. Mm. You're doing everything. You're answering the calls. You're making the reports. You're talking to the citizens. You're doing everything that needs to be done. Now, if they see that you, di- you did something wrong, they'll redirect you. They'll tell you, hey, you probably should have did this this way, or you did great, but it would be better to do it <laughs> this way. So, you go through that ghost phase, and once you finish the ghost phase they cut you loose when they say they cut you loose that's exactly what they do they cut you loose (laughs) you're getting that police car by yourself you by yourself there's nobody in there with you you know but today things are a lot different they try to team people up. I think today because of the climate that we're in, right. with everything that's going on. But I can remember that day I got cut loose. That's a scary feeling, because yes. you don't have yes. anybody else with you. And it's right. like, okay, I gotta, I gotta remember how to, how to type on the computer and, and where I'm going. And so yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's a lot. It's within
0: a lot. within a matter of four months, you pretty much basically on your own after that.
1: Well, three months. Yeah, yeah. I would say three three and a half. Okay. And that's after being in the academy academy. for about 10 months. Um, The academy has gotten longer since I was with the police department. You got to remember I'm an old lady now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When I came on, the academy was 21 weeks, which was five and a half months. Now the academy is more like six or six and a half months. So you go through that academy, and they're teaching you things that you need on the street. And then, you know, like you said, you do that three and a half months on the street with somebody. So you're you're getting a little over a year of training before you're actually cut loose by
0: yourself. Mm, Okay. And out of
1: of training mode.
0: Okay. So and you went through you did you did have a partner when you first when they cut you loose you didn't have a partner you were there by yourself how long were you by yourself on the street oh
1: wow i you know what after you, after you get used to it you yeah. pre- you prefer to ride by, by yourself <laughs> because you don't want to deal with the mistakes that other people may make
0: mm. and we'll
1: get into that okay um, okay you know you i rode by myself let's see i worked the east side of fort worth which was stop 6 eastwood um what we know is the South Side, Evans and Berry, I mean Evans and, and thirty-five, that area over there. Okay. I worked that area f- from ninety three when I got cut loose till about ninety nine because after that I transferred to the Academy yeah. and I actually became a, a um instructor at the Academy and then I moved to the gang unit where I was then chosen um, to work with the Feds, and I went to what they're called, what's called Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, mm. and I worked with the Feds the last stint of my um, time on the department.
0: Okay, all right. Now, as a as a as a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. And you are, and I, I'm I'm saying rookie like you only been on the streets mm-hmm. for less than a year. That's what I would call a rookie. Is that, is, that, is that accurate or... To
1: be honest, a rookie is somebody who has less than five years of experience because it's going to take you five years to really get it down. Um. It takes that long to really get it down. You may be cut loose, but within the department, they still look at you as a rookie until you get get past five years. Once you get past that five, five years, years, then you're pretty much seasoned. You pretty much know what you're doing. Okay. You, you pretty much have... Because even... Two years into the game, you may be calling up an uh, old head, asking him, hey, I got this call. What do you think I should do? This is what I'm planning on doing. How do you think? You, you're you're going to have some things where you still have some questions. Okay. It takes you about five, five years, years. To, get, to get comfortable and really know what you're doing.
0: Okay. Now, as I've, I've said it plenty of times on this show, as a black man, I really don't fuck with the police. Mm-hmm. I honestly, mm-hmm. just my experience mm-hmm. with them has... Mm-hmm. I've never had a good experience where they've come to help me. They've I've even got jumped right like a car passed by uh-huh. and I got jumped right with the police right there and them motherfuckers just kept driving uh-huh. and I, I've never seen them as a way of protection I got for, for myself. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to bring you on here uh-huh. because I want to, I want to actually see it from somebody who's behind the badge. I want to see it from that perspective mm-hmm. before because I've only only seen it from one side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen any uh, like corruption within within the, with the <laughs> that looks says it all? Have you seen any corruption <laughs> inside <laughs> the the police force? I was going to say, must you ask? <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: Of so, course. And what happens? Like, I mean. <laughs> of course. Let, let me say this. Okay. Any police officer that tells you that there is no, uh, nothing negative going on behind the scenes in any police department is a lie. Mm. I'm going to say that. Let okay. me just put that on the table. Okay. That that's, that's a known fact that there is always going to be something going on that shouldn't be going on right in a police department right it was built on that let's right. just be clear right i'm gonna keep it 100 yes, now please that, do. i was the same way as an officer i'm gonna keep it 100 i'm not gonna play these games with the police department i don't hold my tongue and they know me so yes. you know this is not new to them either yes. So, yes. yes um but but the but the reality is there is always something that's gonna be going on That should not be happening. Mm. But on the flip side of that, and I can say this because I've seen it, Mm -hmm. I've lived it, and I've been one to say something about it. Okay. There are people that are working in those departments that are fighting that battle on the inside. And it's a tough battle to fight. Right. Because now you're looking at being shunned. Uh, You're looking at always being picked on for some reason. By, by who? By the other officers or by your other captain? Other officers, supervisors, yeah. Really? Because you don't fit the mold, mm. you know? So, so when people say, you know, they're all bad, ain't, ain't nobody saying nothing, that's a lie. Right. Because they're saying something. But what you have to remember, there are... There are things put in place. There are policies in place where you can't just come out to the public and go to the media and start talking about what's going on within the department. You can't do that. Okay. You really can't do that. Okay. okay? Because, I mean, it's just like uh, if, if we were family. Right. We might have a whole lot of stuff going, going on in on. the house. But you can't come out here and put that in the street. Right, right. We handle it here. So, you know, I've had conversations with friends and told them. There were days when I went to roll call and I've seen officers almost come to blows because, because they don't of so- see eye to eye on what somebody did on the street. You know, mm. so it's, it, they, they deal with it, but yeah. they deal with it on the inside because they can't go to the media and say, hey, this is what's happening. That'll get you fired. Because but coming, there, coming there, out to the public? Hey, there are policies in place about certain things that you can't talk about in the public, in the public eye. Now, you may be able to address something and say, hey, we don't agree with this. Uh, this was uncalled for. This shouldn't have happened. But actually going to the, the media mm-hmm. about what's going on on the inside of a police department or even in the military, mm. you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that
0: because I imagine I imagine the the police department being like either a fraternity um, or a sorority or an actual corporation, a job where yeah, you may have some things that's going wrong on the inside, mm-hmm. but you can't talk about it. But at the same time. When the public want answers, mm-hmm. it's like nobody is saying nothing.
1: That's because the public has to go through certain channels to get those answers. If you have to go to the chief to get the answers, the chief ain't going to tell you what's really going on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you have to go to uh, the upper echelon, you're not going to get what's, what's really on the plate because... So
0: he's going to give us like a political answer and we're looking into it, internal investigation.
1: Exactly. But you have officers. Okay, let me give you an example. You have an officer who observed something uh, another officer did on the street that was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Okay. What he has to do is go back to that office and file a formal complaint against the other officer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. He files that complaint. Y'all don't know about that complaint. Right. You don't know nothing about it. Right. But you see them both on the street the next day. Right. But this officer over here has already filed a complaint. Now, that complaint has channels it has to go through. Internal Affairs has to call in offices and speak to them. They have to call the victim and speak to them. They have to, you know, they have channels that they have to go through. But that officer who made the complaint can't complaint can't come out on the street and start telling everybody, hey, I filed this complaint against this officer. Don't worry about it. This is what, you can't do that. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're not doing something to alleviate the problem from happening the next time. It's just that it takes a long process and it takes time to get it done. And I think what what happens is people get frustrated with the process. Yes, and I get it. Yes, I get it. Yes. because as a police officer, I went through some things and I got frustrated with the process.
0: Can you tell us what happened?
1: Uh, let me, let me say this. I was I was working. In gang, I was assigned to the gang unit. Okay. Um, I was chosen because I was a black female. They needed a black female in this federal fed agency unit.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: They asked my sergeant, could I come and work with them? Sure. Sergeant, lieutenant, sign off on it. I go to this unit. Well, when you get an assignment to a federal unit like that, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, you got a lot of officers out here that want that assignment. Uh, okay, you know, officers okay. are out here; they want to go because first of all, you making the big money because you getting the you getting the okay. overtime ain't nobody else getting. Uh, you working extra hours that ain't nobody else getting. Not only that, this is top secret stuff you working on, mm. so that that makes your resume look good. Yes. Now remember, I didn't go to them.
0: Right, they came to they you. They came
1: and found me. Right, they came to my office. Right, right. They called me on the phone. Right. and said, hey. You think you want to come work with us? We need we need somebody who got their ear to the street. Sure, I get the approval. Well, my sergeant and this is where nepotism comes into play. Mm-hmm. My sergeant had a son who also worked for the department, who ended up in my same unit. Mm. But we were working different cases.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The case I had was the bigger case. A little bit of jealousy might have might have fell in there. He mm. he wanted that case. Mm -hmm. So, he started feeding his mother things that I was doing
0: that were not true. Was the mother on the... The mother was my gang unit sergeant. So, the hold on. So, the mother and the father were working on the police department. Yeah, the mother and the son.
1: And the son, yeah. All of them were police
0: officers. Oh, okay. Yeah. That don't even sound good going into it. But go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. So,
1: he's feeding his mother all this stuff. She's not coming to work. She's not doing this. She's not doing that. Y'all need to, you need to pull her out the unit because if your if your sergeant gets some negative information about you and you're in another unit and you're still, you're, I'm technically still assigned a gang unit. Mm. She could come and pull me out of that unit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, luckily for me, I had a lieutenant above her who didn't play those games. So Mm. she was trying to find another way to kind of, you know, get to me. Yeah. So what she would do is go to roll call with the gang officers and just make all these crazy statements about me in in roll call when I'm not there. And say things like, I'm going to get her out of that unit because they're saying they're, not saying her son, right? they're they're saying. But everybody knows who she's talking about because who else is going to say something like that, you know? Um we want her I want her out of that unit. When she gets back to gang unit, don't assist her if she calls for an assist. Now you put my life on the line. Right. Because if I need an assist, that's your job to come and assist me. Cause I could get killed out there. This ain't this ain't Burger King where we just flipping burgers and right. yeah, you gotta come over to the next right. the next stove and help me out. Right. If I'm calling for an assist, I'm probably looking at a gun or about to look at a gun or, you yeah. know, a knife or something. My life is on the line right. out here. Right. So Couple of my buddies in gang unit called me and said, "Hey, this is what she said in roll call. This is what she trying to do. I'm just letting you know. Watch your back. Blah 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 blah." I'm dealing with a lot of stuff personally at the same time.
0: Now let me. Let me. Is is this a black woman, or is this a white woman, or is this a Hispanic woman, or this is Hispanic family?
1: She had a Hispanic last name, but I think she was white. I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I'm not sure. So you dealing with racism? Inside of the police department. Okay. Of course. Okay.
1: So long
0: story short, I
1: decided because of other things I was dealing with, because I had already been saying once my assignment was over in ATF, I was going to leave the department anyway. The Mm. guys that I worked with, because I was the only female in that unit Mm. in ATF. Okay. So the guys I was working with, they already knew I had plans to leave when that assignment was over. We just didn't tell anybody. Mm. I went on vacation. And on vacation, I decided, you know what? We already did what we needed to do. Let me just go ahead and turn my resignation in. I go to the office to turn in my resignation, and she berates me in the office in front of everybody in the office saying, well, you weren't doing this. You weren't going to work. You were saying you were at work, but you weren't at work and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I told her, I said, well, if that's the case, I picked up the phone, called the sergeant that was working over there. I'm sure he could verify that for you because it was a lot. Right. She didn't want to make the call. Right. So I told her, I said, well, the only person that could have gave you information like that is your son. Mm -hmm. Now, get this. Her son had been fired for lying on the department before. A man died in his custody. He was fired for lying in that case. He ended up getting his job back.
0: See, that's that. And that's the part that I guess really frustrates the public, because I'm sure the family that 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 from that person who died is like, how the fuck this nigga get his job back when I'm I, my family member is gone. Right. And it's like, how how is how does that happen? Right. How, how does and, and that's what that's I guess that's what the public want answers about. How does somebody kill somebody? Right. Even even at McDonald's, if you serve the wrong meal too many times, they're going to fire you. You're not going to be able to come back. Right. So what I'm telling you is between
1: the nepotism and the relationships that people have within those departments, they are able to bypass things that somebody like me can't bypass. You see Mm. what I'm saying? Because had Mm -hmm. that been me, I'd have been gone. Right. So, you know, we had a conversation right there. I mean, she's the one that brought it up in front of everybody. So, of course, you know, I went there. Yeah. You're listening to your son and he got fired for lying. We can't even put him on the stand when we go to court. On this case cuz he's already been proven to be a liar. Yeah. That hurt our little feelings. Well, mm. my feelings were hurt cuz right. you berated me in front of everybody. Right. You know, and then when we when we exchanged words, now the other sergeant comes over and threatens to arrest me. I'm the police. I ain't my resignation, I just turned it in. I still got a badge and a gun. I'm st- I I still work here. Right. So he threatens to he threatens to arrest me. Now, how do you think that make me feel? Now, I done put my life on the line for the last 12 and a half years. Right. And you're going to tell me you're going to arrest me because I won't leave the office because you don't like what I'm saying? So, of course, because I got the knowledge, I mm-hmm. know exactly what they know. Mm-hmm. And we all got guns. So if you're going to pull a gun, well, I guess we all pulling guns. <laughs> right. Let's just be clear about it. <laughs> right. So he, he, he did something that they do on the street all the time. They try to threaten you with you going to jail. Right. Well, that ain't working for me because I got the knowledge. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I told him, I said, well, okay, well, I tell you what, you go ahead and call the lieutenant. I'm going to sit in this chair and wait for him. And when you get the charge that you're going to arrest me on, please let me know. Cause we all know the penal code. Mm-hmm. So I sit in a chair. Now he's frustrated. She's mm-hmm. frustrated. Because it ain't nothing they can do. Right. I got you now. So I said that to say this. When we know what they know, mm-hmm. they can't feed us no bull crap. Right. You can't arrest me just because you feel like it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. But when we go out here and act a fool and we ain't got no knowledge and we can't protect ourselves with this right here. Yeah. You get all, all this other stuff that we see. Yeah. So... Push came to shove. I'm sitting in the chair. I ain't moving. They calling the lieutenant. I ain't moving. Because I know you can't arrest me. Now you done got got yourself caught up in something that you can't even, you know. Can't even do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another buddy of mine that happened to be in the office, he came over. He said, step out with me. He was a brother. Mm -hmm. He said, you got them where you want them. You done caught her in a lie. They can't arrest you. We all know that. Mm -hmm. Just leave the office before they make it something that it's not. When I get in the car, my lieutenant calls and says, what's going on? They said, you throwing furniture, you did this, you did that. Now, I haven't done any of that. Right. So I tell my, my I, I called him LT. I said, LT, I ain't done none of that. I said, they lying. Go to his house. He invites me to his home. Mm-hmm. So this, I'm telling you that to let you know, there are good officers in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He invites me to his home. His wife is also an officer at the time. They sit down and talk to me and he's like, that's, that's bull. Because, first of all, she shouldn't approach you like she did. She can't berate you in the office in front of everybody. If she had a problem with you, she should have, you know, talked to you in private. And let's handle it in a professional way, this, that, and the other. Do you know that man held my resignation for five weeks and wouldn't let me quit? Because they didn't want me to leave. Because when you got good officers, you don't want them to go nowhere. Because they expose the bad ones. Mm. So, but for me at the time, because of what I was dealing with in my personal life... I needed to leave right then. I had a sister battling cancer. Oh, okay. And so I needed to leave right then. They didn't know that. They thought I was leaving because I was upset with, you know, what had happened. So, uh, But anyway, that's kind of what happened. And then after I left, I get a call from Internal Affairs. One of my buddies, a good officer, calls me from Internal Affairs and says, hey, they put a three-day suspension in your file. Well, first of all, they can't give you a suspension without you signing it. I said, well, I never signed a suspension. He said, I know. That's why I'm calling you, because you got a signature on there. It's your name. So what does that mean? They that, committed fraud yes. to put a suspension in my file. Yeah. Now, if they're doing that to me, right. and I worked there, right? what you think they're going to do to the brother on the street that doesn't know the law and doesn't know... So I had to get an attorney, mm-hmm. go to the chief, make him get that out of my file, because the chief didn't know it was there. The, the sergeant and a deputy chief who were friends got together and did that while the chief was out of town. We exposed it to the chief. The chief took it out my file, but he never disciplined them. See, and that's what
0: that's what I don't understand. And like, that's
1: what we're dealing with in these de- police departments. So when people say, why don't the good officers speak up? They are speaking up, but you see the red tape that I just had to deal with? Yeah. That's what they're dealing with. And so it takes... So much, and 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 it wears on them because they're doing it, right? But it's not; it's a process, and they may fight that battle for years before something really comes of the complaint or whatever it is that they made. And so while they're fighting that, now they fighting their own sisters and brothers on this <laughs> side, saying right. you're Uncle Tom or you this or you that because you ain't. So they in the middle, like. What do I do? What do I do? Because yeah. I know I'm doing the right thing. Right. But because they don't see it over here, you know, I'm an Uncle Tom.
0: Right. That's
1: why I say us as black people, we got to be careful about how we treat our black officers. Because you don't know what they're going through in that department. Yeah. You don't know the stress that they're dealing with in that department. Right. They're dealing with some heavy stuff. You know, if they go complain on somebody... Man, can you imagine going to roll call after you make a formal complaint and everybody else is against the complaint that you made and you still got to work with them on the street? Now, they may not say like she did, don't right. assist them. Right. However, they probably you never gonna, know.
0: Yeah, they probably. You, you see what, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah.
1: So that's kind of what they're dealing with. You see. So you see, it's a lot tougher than what it looked like.
0: It is. And and <laughs> and, and and what what that makes me is more sympathetic to the black officers exactly but as a as a citizen sometimes i see black officers doing the most harm to the people on the streets oh yeah so it's kind of hard to really be sympathetic yeah but from from what your story you're telling i'm like damn i understand a little bit i i do understand and it's it's, it's, it's confusing for the public as well.
1: And let me say this: there, you, you're right. There are black officers out there that don't need to be out there either. Mm-hmm. So don't. I, I'm not. You know. And it's to be honest, I don't want to get into black and white thing. But right now, that's where we are. Yeah. We have to deal with that. Yeah. And when I first got on that department, and it, man, I got story after story. My first training officer was a brother.
0: Hmm. That
1: first month. When I tell you that man dogged me so bad, I'm talking about cuss me out in front of citizens, talk crazy to me, uh, uh, drive off and leave me somewhere. Because uh, I didn't fill out the worksheet right and then come back 15 minutes later to pick me up, leave me out there by myself. Just all kind of stuff. Now, at the time, I'm a 23-year-old kid because I'm right out of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking maybe this is just the hazing that you go through as a rookie. Yeah. You know? So I ain't you know really... Taking it personal, but I'm like, this dude is tripping, right. you know. But the the longer I rode with him, the more abusive his language became. Mm. Cussing me out and all that. Now, anybody that knows me, back then I was a little hothead. And being a police officer actually pulled that in for me. Mm. It really did. Okay. It taught me how to control My anger. Okay. So I took a lot of what he did to me because I felt like, okay, maybe this is just part of the job. Maybe this is just the hazing that goes on. Yeah. But when I was in my last two weeks in my ghost phase, and he got upset because I forgot to put something on the worksheet. He cussed me out. I'll never forget this. We were in the poly area. He tells me, the poly area in Fort Worth, he tells me. Take him to Polly High School. We're going to fix this worksheet. Okay, cool. We fixed the worksheet. He cussed me out. It's raining. I mean pouring down rain. He cussed me out and called me out my name, and that's where I draw the line. Right. I said, hold on. Right. You need to watch him mouth. Yeah. He said, oh, you talking to me? You just a rookie. You can't talk to me like that. Do you understand I can get you fired? I said, I understand very clearly, but that ain't my name. You need to call me by my name. Don't yeah. call me out of my name.
0: Yeah. So
1: we go back and forth. He tells me, get out the car. I ain't getting out the car. I'm in the driver's seat.
0: Right. right.
1: said, I'm not getting out the car. If you don't like being in here with me, get your ass out the car. <laughs> now, that's when it went left. Yeah. Oh, you talking to me like that? I'll get you fired. Now, that's a brother. Yeah. I'll get you fired. You don't know, blah, 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 blah. We go, he tells me, take him back to the office. That's, I said, that's cool because I ain't getting out in this rain. Right. Well, you know how sisters are about to in the rain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and at the time, yeah. I, I wasn't wearing this short cut. I had, you know, I wasn't getting out in no rain. Right. I don't care who said it. Right. You know, right. so we get to the office, I and, I and at that time, I'm probably like 125 pounds soaking wet. I take my little skinny behind out the car, march up them stairs, go to the sergeant's office, take my gun belt off, lay it on the table, and said, I quit if I got to ride with him anymore because you Because what he did was he grabbed me by the collar of my shirt. Mm. And that's when I said, no, we're not doing it because you don't touch me. Don't put your hands on me. I wasn't going to tolerate the sergeants were like, and it was two white sergeants. They were like, hold on, wait just a minute. Now, we were working in an area called Weed and Seed at the time. and Weed I don't know if you ever heard of what Weed and Seed was. Uh-uh. Weed and Seed was an initiative that they put in high crime areas to get rid of the drugs and a lot of the high crime. Okay. So what they did was the area we were working was a very high crime area. It was the area where a Tatiana Jefferson got killed. Matter mm, of fact, okay. that area was really bad at the time. Okay. It was nothing for me to go to work in a ten-hour shift and hear four or five shootings a night on Mm. on my radio. So that's how bad it was. Okay. okay? So at that time, there were a lot of black officers who worked that area because community policing had began to be a big thing, and they wanted to put officers in the area that looked like the people who lived in the area because we could relate to them. Right. 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 So when that information came out, those two white sergeants, I have to give it to them. They took care of me. They said, no, you're not going nowhere. Mm. What we're going to do, we're going to put you with somebody else. Um, we're going to give him some time off and you'll be fine. We'll deal with him. Yeah. What happened was they went and told the other brothers that worked on the shift, and they handled him. Mm. They put me with a white guy. We get in the car and what the brother had done was took my rookie book because they have to log any mistakes you make or anything like that in case you do mess up Mm -hmm. and something goes to court. Then they can look in your rookie book and say, well, this person had problems with this, 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 and this. What are they going to do with Aaron Dean? I guarantee you, just watch. They mm. killed a Tatiana Jefferson. They're going to go through that rookie book and see what things did he have issues with and how did that play a role in what happened. Mm. So when he put all this stuff in my rookie book that I didn't know... Like the call signals, which is what what you get when you find out where you're going. A signal one, you know it's an accident. So if the dispatcher sees you on a signal one, you got to know what a signal one is.
0: Right, okay.
1: You know that before you get out the academy. This brother lied and said, I didn't know any of that. Well, first of all, you can't get to your last two weeks uh, ghost phase without knowing that. Mm. So the two white sergeants knew that he was lying. Yeah. Because they had looked in my rookie book from the other two officers who trained me and said... She's doing fine. Right. So they put me with this other guy, a white guy, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making this clear for a reason. Okay. We get in the car. The first, the next day, he asked me about 10 signals. He was like, okay, that's a lie. He marked that off. We go do start working. He was like, he tells the dispatcher about halfway through the ship, the next two weeks, I want you to just make this a two-man unit. This is not a rookie and an officer. This is a two-man unit. He told the sergeant she knows what she's doing. She needs to be cut loose, but we understand you got to do this to cover your butt just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. But we're going to ride as a two-man unit, and that's what we did. So the white boys took care of me while the brother was trying to get me fired. So you see what I'm saying? Yes. So what? the reason I'm saying that is because you have good officers in these departments that look like us and don't look like us. We got bad officers in the department that look like us and and don't look like us. So that's why it's imperative that we judge people by their character and not the skin color we see. Because you can see a black officer, and like you say, he causing more damage than the white officer over here that's trying to Really do what's best for the neighborhood. Right. So that's that's why I said that. That's why I gave it to you like that.
0: Okay. So I want to give some values because I know um, you mentioned earlier that when police officers, they try to threaten you yes. with, I'm going to arrest you. Right. Right. When, when you know as a citizen mm-hmm. that you've done nothing wrong and the police try to threaten you with, I'ma arrest you. What's the first thing the black person or like the citizen should mm-hmm. do? Not even black. I, I don't wanna just go black. Citizen, what should they what's the first thing they should do?
1: Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you because I've been seeing a lot of people say, you know, you need to intervene and you need to do this and do that. Let me tell you something. If they are killing us, you intervening ain't gonna make it no better. Mm. That that's gonna be another another bloodshed.
0: Mm, okay.
1: My thing is if you find yourself in a situation like that comply, go to jail because you're alive. Okay. And I know people could probably say, well, I don't need to go. I don't want to go to jail for something. I didn't do. None of us do, but right. I'd rather have you alive
0: in jail so then. we
1: can fight it in court. Yeah. Then dead. And we don't have you to tell your side of the story. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because you can't, I used to tell people all the time when I was in uniform, you're not going to win on the scene. You're not going to win. Mm. You're going to have to get you an attorney. Mm. You can argue with me all day long. And I I consider myself one of the good ones because uh, first of all, I wasn't trying to do that much work in the first place. Let me just be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't going to work running. And, you know, I ain't looking to run and jump over fences and this, yeah, that, and the yeah. other. Get the helicopter, please. Hello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, <laughs> but I think this is a paycheck for me. Right. And and, and the reality is I wanted to make a difference in the community. Right. Yeah, the bad stuff comes with it. But the reality is I ain't out there looking to go chasing nobody and right. get into all that. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. If it happened, it happened and I would do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I, I wasn't looking for all of that, you right. know. So the thing is, you you know, if you get out there and you get one of these crazies and, you know, they're, they're, they're talking crazy to you, and the best thing you can do is do what you know is right Keep your hands at 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't go reaching for anything without telling them what you're doing. Hey, uh, my license is right here. Can you see? Move out the way and let them see. Do yeah, what you yeah. got to do. I do it all the time. Yeah, and I yeah. was a police officer. Yeah, I had an officer laughing at me because he stopped me and I gave him the whole purse. Here you go. Because I ain't <laughs> digging in that. Because
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know. You know. And he was like, no, ma'am, you can go ahead. I said, no, I'm serious. The <laughs> wallet is right there, cause you young officers, I don't know what y'all own today. Yeah. You know, so you do what you got to do to go home. Yeah, have you a good attorney on standby?
0: I tell everybody, and, that. and that's that's the that's the issue though. A lot of people don't have access to attorneys, and if they if they do get an attorney, he gonna either try to settle or they gonna be like just plea out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And. I know going to jail, going to jail, like if, especially if you know you ain't doing nothing or you ain't did nothing bad, mm-hmm. it's an inconvenience. Yes, it more is more than anything. Yes, it's it an is inconvenience oh, because, of and I am something that I noticed today, um, that the uh, the dude in Miss the Minneapolis, the the white guy who was on George's uh, neck, Cho- Chauvin. Yes, Ch- Ch- yeah. Officer Chauvin. He went to jail on Friday, and he it's already got ridiculous. a and he already got a bond and everything.
1: And I believe he's out. That's just my opinion. I don't know if he is. It hasn't been reported, but I believe he's already
0: made bonding out. Because I know that the times that I've been to jail on a Friday, I didn't get to see the judge until Monday.
1: Well, so th- this is this is another thing that people have to understand. When police officers are arrested, mm-hmm. first of all, most of the time they're going to do what they call a walkthrough. Okay. Mm, okay. Second, when they're in there, they're not going to put them in general population because they're going to kill them in there. Right. That's number
0: one. (laughs) Right, right.
1: And being a former police officer, if I got arrested for something that I didn't do because, you know, I've seen police officers get arrested for DWI or whatever, whatever. I wouldn't want to be in general population because I'm going to have to. Somebody going to kill me in there just because they don't like the police. Not because Rhonda did anything to but because they don't like the police. So I get that. That part I get. So they're not going to put them in general population. In, when when they go, they're they're going to put them somewhere where they can protect them until they can get them to court. And the, the other thing is, they're probably in most cases going to do what they call a walkthrough, where they're going to they're going to make Sing their bond and they're going to walk them through the process, do their mugshot, whatever, get the paperwork done, and send them on back home until. You know whatever they have attorneys, see, they have attorneys that can do that for them. When you're a police officer, you pay into um, something, what is it called? Uh, police Officers Association, uh, things like that. Where cl- it, it's an organization called CLEAT, where they will represent police officers when they get into something like a shooting on, on duty and they mm. need representation. where well, they pay into that monthly. So okay. that they always have an attorney available okay and now I've never seen this happen for black officers but with with Aaron Dean, I believe that they actually paid his money for him to get out of jail
0: the the, the cleat
1: uh, yes. organization it, it may not have been Cleat but there was a police oh. officers organization that paid yes
0: Wow Wow so wow that's
1: that's that's kind of how that works until they go to court. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's in jail. I think it took way too long to arrest him. I think when the chief, and I, I hold the, the chief of the department responsible for this, mm-hmm. I think when he terminated him, he should have arrested him right there on the spot. Yeah. Same thing with the other three officers. When they terminated them, they should have arrested them on the spot. Right, they do it with citizens all the time. You arrest on the spot, right. and if the charge is too high, you drop it. If it's too low, you raise it. Do the same thing with your officers. He killed a man on teeth I mean, we watched Still, it. Right. So I don't understand why the chief didn't arrest him the moment that he terminated. Him. Right. I don't understand.
0: And and oh man, it's, well it's, I do, but you know, yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, things. yeah, yeah. And it's so much. So let me ask you this. Do you think the solution is hiring more black officers or having less black officers? What What do you think the solution is to that police reform?
1: Well, I think in police reform... Let me say a couple of things. I think they need to go back to Real um, community policing. I think they've gotten away from a lot of the community. Where well, you got to live aspect. in that area? No, you don't have. Oh, you don't okay. even have to live there. But you have to. You. They get more involved. For an example, in East Fort Worth, there was an apartment complex called Weber Garden, and it's um, a lot of the everybody. Most of the people that live there are low income, right? And then mm-hmm. you had the projects. Mm-hmm. They started an an initiative back then called Kids Code Blue, where I would go to Weber Garden and do something with those kids weekly, like maybe two, three times a week, so that they could learn more about police officers. They wouldn't be scared of police officers. I bring other officers in, and they do little things with the kids, crafts. Uh, yeah. Take them to the movies. Just do little things with the kids. Yeah, just yeah. to you know. And those kids felt like they could come to me if something was happening. Right. They see me driving down the street. They could flag me down and say, "Hey, blah 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 blah." And I can handle it for them. You build a relationship. Yes. I tell people all the time. Being a good cop is nothing more than having good social skills. Yeah. Social skills is what makes you a good officer because think about all the bad officers you encountered. They didn't know how to talk to you. Right. They had a bad attitude. Right. They were cocky. You know, so social skills, being able to relate to people. Yes. And treating people like human beings is what makes a good officer. Simple as that. It right. ain't hard. Right. And I mean, you know, but if you think you're above them and your sole job is to enforce, you're gonna have some problems. Yes, we have to enforce, but that's not our sole that's not our sole responsibility. Right. Our so our responsibility is to bring the community together and become a part of that community. And we become a part because I team up with you to drive out the crime that we don't want there. Right. You see what I'm saying? As a citizen. Yeah, yeah, So so social skills is it.
0: Do you guys have to take um, some kind of like a psychology test every so often or do they test you guys like that? I
1: don't know what they they do now, but when I... Um, came on the department and it's still a part of the hiring process. You have to go through a psychological evaluation. Okay. You go through That's that. That's just at the
0: beginning. Yes.
1: They, in the, they don't in the do hiring it, process. They don't right. do
0: it periodically? They
1: didn't when I was there. Okay. We did not have periodic, you know, psychological evaluations unless you were involved in something then they would probably send you to the psychologist and have you evaluated okay. at that time if you were involved in something. They do provide, um, they did provide um, if you were involved in something that was very uh, tragic, you know, that you saw uh, counseling for you and, and that type of thing. But I'm going to tell you something, a lot of officers don't take advantage of that mm. because, you know, it's unspoken, but it's almost like you weak. Yeah, you, you can't, can't handle, handle it. it. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, So, you, you, you know, a lot of these young officers were just going through the motions and dealing with a lot of this stuff on their own. Now, today I know they're more open with it, but I don't know how open it is now. How
0: often they take yeah. the advantage of that. Do, do, you, do they offer you guys, uh, or did they back then, did mm-hmm. they offer like every six months you had to take a training or you have to pass a certain... Um, be retrained or something like that. Do they oh yeah,
1: the the training is consistent throughout your career. You have to have so many hours, and I don't remember what the hours are, are of training every every year or every other year. When it comes to your firearm, you have to what they call qualify with your firearm annually. Mm. yearly um back then i don't know what it is today i don't know if they do it every six months or if it's just once a year but you had to shoot like you know if the qualifying for the state was only 70 percent uh fort worth would say you know when, when we transition transitioned from uh revolvers to automatics you had to qualify with an 85 percent on the range mm. so um i i you know i i tell people don't get in a shootout with the police. They're trained shooters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, you watch TV and you, you you know, back in the day in Fort Worth, we had gangs so bad in the 90s, you know, and I would tell them, you know, y'all shooting each other, but... You shooting all the wrong people. You never shoot your target because mm. you don't know what you're sure.
0: doing. Yeah. You
1: know, and then you want to get into it with the police. Those are trained shooters. Right. They're not gonna miss. Yeah. If they want to shoot you, they're gonna hit you. They're not gonna miss. So don't put yourself in a position, you know, that you're not qualified Call to it. be in one, and that two doesn't make sense to be in. Right. So my thing is. Even as citizens, you have to learn to de-escalate the same thing that officers need to be doing is de-escalating situations. So if you know that this officer is being a butthole with you, you know that they're just over the top, my advice to you is to do everything in that moment that you need to do to stay alive. You know, again, you may be inconvenienced and go to jail, but I would rather have you alive and let's fight it in court and win it. And make all the all the complaints that we need to make. Call internal affairs. Do what we got to do. Then for something to happen, and because if you get into a scuffle with them, you ain't gonna win that. Yeah. And then at that point, you're the problem. Nobody's gonna listen. To it. Get to the media. Who listens to yeah, what, yeah, what the, the person says? That nobody's gonna listen to them. You know, you, we we got to go through a lot of red tape to figure out that the citizen was right don't put yourself in that position it's not even worth it
0: yeah it's it's like i hate i hate that that because i i know my my attitude right is mm-hmm. if i'm doing something wrong then all right you got me all yeah. right you catch me all right you got me but if i know in my heart that i'm not doing nothing wrong yeah. and i feel like i'm being picked on yeah i know my attitude is like why are you fucking with me, yeah, man? Yeah. Like, what, what, why, what's wrong? Like, why, why are you fucking with me? Yeah, and then when I you start, when you started getting aggressive with me, yep. then my attitude is going, to turn up even more. Yep. Cause you being, you fucking with me cause I ain't doing nothing. And you trying to be aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. and you trying to, now you testing my manhood mm-hmm. and that, that part. And I, I read on something today and this is when I knew for a fact, I always sus- suspected it when I was a kid, Mhm. But this is when I knew for a fact that some that the officers wasn't good. In in LA, um it was in 2013 do are you familiar with Christopher Donner? Um That name
1: sounds familiar. So he more info. Okay,
0: so he worked on the police department um okay. in the, the LAPD. He was um disciplined or punished or or was fired or something. Um he got disciplined for I, I can't I can't remember exactly the story but he went on like a week killing spree of all the the high ups police okay. chiefs he killed okay. like a daughter he killed like a um he killed uh, some one of the chiefs a son mm-hmm. he went on for like a week and he he um ended up running into the 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 mountains up there in LA mm-hmm. and they like barricaded him he had a shootout with them he was ex police officer so he did get, he did kill a couple of them mm-hmm. But they end up burning down um, the some cabin that he vacated himself in mm-hmm. or um, put himself in, and they he shot himself in the head. But it was like he left a, a manifesto saying that the, I, this I'm doing all this just to clear my name because I did no wrongdoing and blah 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 whatever his story was. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's some corrupt motherfuckers in the police department because one of they own turned on them and end up killing a bunch of people and it was like a whole for a whole week and at the time i was i read about this last night at the time i was thinking i remember feeling like safe at that moment mm-hmm. i remember feeling like comfortable in the city where i knew the police it felt like they was getting um they was getting uh they was getting haunted not, not haunted. Yeah, hunting is the word I want to look for mm-hmm. because one of they own that is equipped with with guns. Mm-hmm. He know how to shoot, and I think he sent something to. I uh, rest he sent something to Anderson Cooper, and it was a um, it was like a little quarter or something, and it said one moa. I don't know what that meant, but it said but it, the uh, the explanation was that he shot this quarter at a hundred yards or something like that, mm-hmm. and it was a bullet in it, so it was telling him. I'm trained to fucking shoot. So if y'all come after me, just know. And I was just like, damn, them motherfuckers is corrupt as fuck if one of their own turn on them like that.
1: I mean, I'm not surprised when I hear stuff like that. I mean, I don't... I I didn't see corruption like that in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. But you had the stuff that I discussed earlier. You know, you had that. And they still have it. Because I know officers that are there now that have dealt with some things i mean there's just a lot i know officers who have retired and dealt with some things so i mean i'm not surprised when i hear that amount of corruption Mm -hmm. in a police department because it's possible yeah you know i I mean just based on what i've experienced and what i've seen i know it's possible yeah you know and if you don't have um anybody that's willingness to speak up it's going to be, you know, it'll get to that level.
0: Yeah. And and
1: unfortunately LA is known for some major corruption. Yes. You know, so yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. So let's let's dive into this. What do you think is gonna happen with these uh cause it it's three it, this shit is so like just every single day, yeah. it's hard even for me to keep up, right? Yeah. So the officer who killed Breonna Taylor in Louisville, right? The officer who killed George Floyd in Minneapolis and even Aaron Dean that's here locally. What is going to happen? Because here's my thing. Yes. If you're a police officer, you're a human being at the end of the day. Right. You work just a job. You're going to make mistakes. Right. I think the frustration for the public is when they're not being held accountable for their mistakes. Exactly. What do you think is going to happen to these police officers, if well, anything at all?
1: Well, you know what, each situation is so different, mm. and the laws, and and then we also have to look at the laws in each state are so different. The po- the police policies are different in each state that we're talking about. So I think when citizens look at these and they group them, they have to be careful with grouping all those situations because you're dealing with different laws with different states. So. You're dealing with different and, and I guess, pol- police departments and policies. So, so yeah.
0: my, my question is, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut uh-huh, you off, but ahead. I want to know, what is the policy for killing somebody on the job? Like, wh- what is... Well,
1: see, that depends. It depends on what department you're on, because every department is different. Every department has different policies. Every state has different laws. Fort Worth has what they call it the general orders that their officers have to follow, right? Mm-hmm. The laws in Texas lay out. The the laws that we are to abide by. Right. Right. Dallas PD, Houston, PD, Austin, all of them have to abide by the same laws, but each department's policy is different. Let me give you an example. Please do. Fort Worth may say we don't do um, car chases in the rain. Dallas may say you can do a car chase in the rain. Mm. Officer in Fort Worth does a car chase in the rain knowing that that's not policy and kill somebody in a wreck. Mm-hmm. Not only are they going to be disciplined because they did not follow policy, but they also kill somebody. So now they got a problem over here. Dallas can do chases in the rain. That officer accidentally has an accident and kills somebody. Well, they're going to look at, was the officer at fault? Could the officer have avoided it? So you got all these things they're gonna look at before they determine if this officer should be, should go to trial or whatever for this accident that happened. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So policy and laws in different states, it 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 makes it a real sticky yeah. situation there, because you're looking at things differently. Because when you look at, when you look at the Breonna Taylor thing. That young lady was at home right. minding her own business and they got the wrong house. Right. They done went in on, on a warrant at the wrong house that they shouldn't have even been there on. So just based on that, I I can speculate that these officers in that department is gonna gonna see some some major things come down because of that. Okay. I could be wrong because I don't know all their policies and you know that type of thing. Yeah. And I don't know all the facts of that case. Okay. Um, with the gentleman, Mr. George Floyd, mm-hmm. that that uh, knee hold that he did on yeah. him, I don't even think that was that was something that they are allowed to do. Yeah. So there you go. He was fired because he he used a hole on somebody that's not even. Approved. You can't do that.
0: So y'all have certain or police departments have certain policies and certain things where 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 they can grapple you or pull you to the ground that you can only do.
1: You have to. It, it's called a use of force continuum. Is
0: okay. what it's called. OK. OK. And
1: in that continuum, it tells you when you can use what they call open hand control. That means I can use open hand control. I can use my hands to to manipulate the situation. If I have to say you walk up on me and you push me in my chest at that time, I can use open hand control. I can grab you by your wrist and do a twist or whatever it is that I ain't going to give you all my secrets. Yeah. That I know how to do and, <laughs> and get you to comply and under control. OK, okay. Um, th- the continuum will go up. Now, if you pull out a weapon or if you, you know you being a man and me being a female and you come at me with your fist, I ain't trying to take that punch. I might just mace you. Or I may go up and tase you. You know, I can't pull a gun on a fist, though. So So sometimes you might have to take that punch. Yeah. Because I can't shoot you. And that's where officers mess up. Yeah. They don't want to lose the fight.
0: They're scared to
1: lose the fight, and they'll shoot somebody. Right. Terrence Crutcher in Oklahoma, and I know his sister, his twin sister. Mm. Terrence Crutcher was shot by Officer Shelby. Um, when he was getting out the car. You remember that that case? No, I don't. Terrence Crutcher was in the car. He got stopped by Officer Shelby. Her husband was an officer flying above in the helicopter. He says on the radio when he gets out the car, that's a big guy, you know. Oh, word. I do, yeah, You're I right. do remember that. Yeah. She shoots Terrence Cr- Crutcher and kills him. Mm. Terrence didn't have a weapon on him. Now, if Terrence had hit her... Thing. She just would have had to resort to her open hand control, her taser or whatever. But a gun ain't, it doesn't, that doesn't, you, you don't bring out a gun when you got, when you going back and forth with a fist or, or you know, you're pushing or whatever. Sometimes you just got to fight. Right. You know, and that's the bottom line. And a lot of these officers are afraid of the fight.
0: I thought, I thought that's all they did in the academy. Our majority was hand to hand combat.
1: You do do a lot of that. We did boxing. I mean, because you got to remember, some of these people ain't never been hit in their life. Right. Some of these people, I remember when I was in the academy, and it was so funny. There was a young lady in, in my academy class. She had never, she had never been hit before, so she didn't even know what it felt like. Mm. And when we got in that ring and we had to box. And she took that first hit that knocked the wind out of her. She She thought she was going to (laughs) die. You know, if you've never experienced that, it will scare you. So they put them through that to desensitize them to it and for them to be able to handle themselves until help comes. When they're on the street, because you may get into a fight and you got to do what you got to do to hold on until your assist gets there. But that doesn't justify killing somebody. And that's where they mess up. They get so scared, in my opinion, my humble opinion, Mm -hmm. but I'm experienced, so I think I can speak on it. Uh I believe they get scared and they result to shooting somebody when all they should have done was just just stayed in the fight. And wait for your assist to come. I mean, if that person, and you don't, and let me say this. Let me clarify something. You don't want to get into a fist fight or a fight out there because that gives the person that you're fighting with access to your weapon. Mm. And you don't want them to pull your weapon and use it on on you. you, So you want to always create that distance, okay? But if you punch me and I create distance, I can't now pull my gun and shoot you. The distance has been created. Do you, does that make sense? It makes to you? perfect sense. So, uh, but I think a lot of a lot of these young officers are not good at evaluating situations in the moment like that, and that's where I think the problem comes in at because they're missing that in the academy. They can't. I think that was the problem with Aaron Dean. Aaron Dean couldn't evaluate the situation properly, and that's how he got himself in that position.
0: I I, I mean. I hear you. I want and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But a we're lot of no, uh,
1: we're not going to do that.
0: Yeah, but but I, <laughs> because I see them use that restraint on other people, where they yeah, we're not going to give them the benefit. Yeah, of I, the, I, no. but I, I see the study, I know they know how to right. de-escalate a situation. Right. Use the hand or whatever, whatever but let's the just term call is. It
1: what it is. Like I said, Officer Shelby Shelby's husband said in the that's a big th- guy. That's a big. That's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. They are afraid of black people. Many right. of them. I'm not saying all of them because right. I try to stay away from blanket statements. Yeah, yeah. But many of them see the black man as a threat. Right. And so that fear, they operate out of fear. Yeah. Rather than, and I always say it: if you are scared, this ain't that ain't the job for you. Right. I, there, you will get in situations. Where you would get scared, but you still have to be able to compose yourself and analyze that situation properly so that you don't make mistakes. Because when you make mistakes in that job, somebody loses their life. And it could be them. You know, officers will lose their lives if they make a mistake. So it's very crucial that they are held responsible for the mistakes they make. Mm -hmm. Because when you hold them responsible, you are saving lives. Right. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 And if... if I, you're right. And if they if they get if they can if they can deescalate a situation or use because I know mace I know mace works. I used it on people before, so yeah. I know this shit works. And anybody who um, is coming at you or trying to be aggressive, if you use that mace, and I thought it, I, I my understanding was it's um it's a level like you use your mace if that don't work on a person, use your taser if that don't work on a person
1: well
0: is there steps there, like that there,
1: there is a use continuum um there there is a use continuum there's levels to it however and and I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't even know that they still carry mace you know mm. i'm a I'm an old timer so okay. we had mace when I was there. it and feel like I,
0: nobody got mace they were, maced they
1: were transi- <laughs> right they were transitioning to the um to the taser as I was leaving. So Mm. I think they've done away with the mace. But even back then with the mace, things that they had to keep in mind, which way is the wind blowing? Because if I mace you and the wind is blowing this way, guess what? I just mace myself. Now you got me. So I can't mace you because the wind is blowing a certain way. You see what I'm saying? So there's a whole lot that goes into it. That citizens don't know that they have to. And the problem is a lot of them can't analyze under pressure is what is what I think it is. I think it's a lack of training and the fact that they cannot analyze situations in a short period of time and under stress.
0: Yeah. 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 So they should be there should be some kind of training for that. There should be some kind of training where. You have to make because I haven't seen a uh, I think it was like on 2020 where they had a virtual machine oh, yeah. where yeah, officers had, had to go in yeah. that, where you have to make a split decision right. going into a house. Right. And this is the training. So people won't get killed right. in real life situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't feel. I feel like I feel like putting people under a stressful situation for too long is where the mistakes happen. Where you have to, because it's a job for, it's a, it's, it's, it's a job. You go on there eight to 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you go off. You take vacation, do whatever. So when you're under a stressful job like that, like, I don't know, you know, how long y'all get vacation. But for at least 11 months out of the year, you're under that same kind of stress. That's when I feel like where the mistakes are made.
1: Well, you know, they, they work long hours. You know, a lot of officers are working 12, 14 hours, hour days. That's, mm. a long, that's a long time. It is. You know, and, you know. They should
0: work like the fire department do. Uh, 24? No, no, no. Where 24 I, on, 48 off? Yes. No, you can't do a
1: 24-hour shift in police work.
0: No? It's not go, oh, no. no so no, no, well, how, because no, no, the, the fire department, they understand something that, I guess, police officers but gotta, don't. But
1: you got to remember, the fire department, they're at work, but they're not working the whole time. Police officers are working the whole time. Remember, the fire department—they at the station sleep, watching TV, waiting no, on hanging no, yeah, out, okay. they doing whatever. And when they get a call, they go out. They go, the okay. police officer is right, driving around all the whole ship. You ain't—you don't get to sit down and watch TV. And so hang maybe, out. They do, maybe
0: they should do—maybe they should do a, a something like where they work ten or twelve. And then they they're still on the clock but they at the office and somebody else where they have somebody else rotating in where they work in a 10 to 12 and you have like a a split shift between you and this person so that way they will be they can have a, lo- a little day a couple of days off in between, so, yeah, you're not going there every single day, 10 hours, 12 hours, every single day. Well, but now you get some, some days broken up in between.
1: I think they've tried to address that in some departments. And I can speak for Fort Worth because I know people that are still there. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are working for four, out, four days, 10 hours, and then they're off for three days to give them a longer
0: break. Yes. Um. And
1: the, and your off days are consecutive.
0: Right, right. They have
1: to be consecutive. Consecutive, yes. So that's what they've done. However, even with that being there, what we have to remember is they don't have the manpower to always, you know, so when special things come up like these riots and mm. stuff like that, they got to come in on their day off. Mm. And they got to work. Or they got to stay over. You know, they, they have a 10-hour shift. They may have to work a 14-hour shift. And they may have to come back in the next day. When we had the tornado, um, I think it was in two thousand in Fort Worth, where it tore up all the West Seventh. I remember working fourteen-hour days. I remember getting getting off. I was there when the tornado happened. I was at work and was supposed to get off at ten, and I remember not getting off till six o'clock in the morning and having to be back at work. They got to give you at least four hours having to be back at work at two thirty.
0: Goodness gracious!
1: So you have to. Do, you, I mean, they don't. If, they have they don't have a manpower. Yeah. So they have to do what they have to do. And in today's time, ain't nobody applying to be no police
0: officer, especially, especially <laughs> not now, especially not now. So,
1: and I always say and I, and I want to say this because people need to understand this right now in the climate we're living in the the black police officer. That's the good cop has the hardest job in America right now. Mm. Because they're dealing with the mess that the bad officers are doing. Right. They're dealing with, now they're also dealing with the fact that their community sees them as a traitor. Right. And they trying to work this thing out. They trying to do what's right. And they're trying to, you know, let the community know I'm here with you. Right. But the community is saying if you was with me, you'd be doing this or you'd be saying this. And they're, they're not they don't understand that they are saying something. Right. You just don't see it. And I can't just come out on the news and say blah, 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 blah. So I think the, the black officer right now, the good one has the hardest job in America right now. And I sympathize with them, and I empathize with them because I've been in that place. On the flip side, I empathize and, and sympathize with the, the black community as a whole because I'm a black woman. Right. I don't have children, but I have a nephew that's 24 years old. And it scares me yeah. when he's out because I know he's hanging out with his boys, he's doing what he does. Right. But, you know, he's a college graduate, he's a good kid, and that would just kill me. Right. If something happened to him. So I'm um I'm, I'm anxious yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You know. I have brothers. You know, I'm anxious when I know my brothers are out. I mean and, and my family will tell you my PTSD sometimes is over the top because I'll be <laughs> calling my brothers and be like, dude, it's 11 o'clock. Why you out? Yeah. It's dark. Yeah, Go yeah, home.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: So, I mean, but because of everything that I've seen and being on the other side, it, 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 it scares me to experience that after I've given... 17 years of my life to law enforcement mm-hmm. i don't ever want to experience it and that scares me that one day i may experience it because of what's going on right now
0: yeah so as as the as a citizen how do we how do we cipher between the good and the bad ones or we just have to run into them you know what because no. the good ones we want to champion right, right. we want to champion the right. good ones right but it's so many bad ones or maybe not even something. I don't even want to say it's so many bad ones. The bad ones stick out more oh, yeah. than the oh, good yeah. ones. So how do we cipher between the good and the bad ones?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to say this and, and I'm going to use the analogy of what we do with. With white people being a black woman, mm-hmm. don't judge me based on the bad black people, you know, mm. judge me based on my character. Got you. The way the relationship that you have with me or, you know, the contact that you've had with me. Judge me based on my character, not what you see On on TV or out here. Right. And that's the only thing I can say when you come in contact with one. And, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Judge them based on how they're responding to you, you know, when somebody. But let me say this, because. And, and look, look, let me fix my headphones.
0: Say this. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead.
1: Because as a police officer, because of the climate we live in and people have had so many bad experiences with police officers, a lot of times people judge all police based on the bad experiences that they've had. You know, like you said, you've never had a good experience. So when you come in contact with one, you know, you may be like, oh, Lord, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with having that thought. My thing is don't act on it. Continue to carry yourself if if this person is just the nicest individual you've ever met. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I used to, I would make a traffic stop and it would never fail before I could even get out the car. The hell you stopped me for? Blah, 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 blah. Well, now you got me on another yeah, level. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: I ain't even said nothing yet. Yeah, I'm still walking up to the cart. Yeah. But because of the, the experiences they've had, they're throwing attitude at me and they don't even know me. They yeah. just see the uniform. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, I would always have to fight that battle before I could even deal with because a lot of times like I said I wasn't trying to do much of nothing anyway. Yeah, yeah. So most of the time if I stopped the car, I'm going to tell you why most of the times why I stopped the car because I wasn't a traffic traffic person. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they have their niches in traffic that wasn't my thing, right? So if I made a traffic stop, it was for a few things. One, I saw that you had a brake light out or something like that and I, I didn't even have in my mind I was going to write you. I'm stopping you so I can inform you because you can't see the back of your car. Right. And tell you, hey you got this brake light out. Now somebody else might stop you and give you a ticket. ticket. Yeah. But I'm trying to tell you you need to get this fixed now because you know, whatever, whatever. And this was back before we didn't have to write a warning or anything, you mm. know. And I would just let them know. Or If I saw that you had a kid in the car that was underage and they weren't in a seat, I'm going to stop you because I'm going to teach you a lesson. Now, that one I'm going to write you You a ticket for. I'm going to inconvenience you. Because I'd rather inconvenience you and you learn the lesson and save your child's life than to let you keep going. And you have a wreck up the road and that baby goes through that windshield because I've seen that before. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So there was always a reason for my stops. It wasn't just...
0: Just cuz. Right. Yeah.
1: So you know, it's it's just so my thing is when I would stop somebody and they would come at me like that, now I got an attitude. Mm. And then they would be like, Well, she she's just like the rest of them. No, I'm not. If you come at me with an attitude, how do you expect me to respond? I am human. Right. I'm human. And I ain't no punk either. Right. You, you, you see <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, my mama didn't raise no no punk. I yeah. ain't finna just let you talk crazy to me. Yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. human side come out and the hood. Come out. Yeah, you know, I yeah. got some hood in me. Don't don't think just because I got this uniform on yeah. that you can talk to me any kind of way. Yeah, so yeah. now we we going back and forth. And again, you're not gonna win. Because I'm in charge when I make that stop. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I would do, though, is I would, I would de-escalate the situation and say, now, see, because I would turn it into a joke. I'd be like, now, see, I just walked up here to tell you your brake light is out. You're getting all crazy. Now, if I wrote you a ticket, you'd think I was doing you wrong. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I, didn't. I said, but see, that's what I'm talking about. You didn't even know me. So I need you to bring that down. Because if one of them other officers stop you and you respond to them like that, and they ain't even said nothing, if they wasn't coming at you like that, now you just gave them an excuse to act a fool with you. Yeah, you, you yeah. Does that yeah. make sense to no, you? No, it
0: makes perfect sense.
1: So that's, that's kind of how that goes. You just got to judge each one based on how,
0: how they, treat, they you.
1: treat you, but make sure you're not the instigator.
0: Yeah, because I know, I know – just probably two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, my brake light was out, mm-hmm. right? And I seen the police officer leaving my house. I seen him sitting over there in the corner. Yeah, that I was yeah. like, this motherfucker going to pull me over. Yeah. When I left, he didn't pull me over. When I came back, mm-hmm. he pulled me over, and I'm like, God damn it. And he said, yo, your brake light is out. I'm like, it is? I got out. I said, can you step on the brake so I can see? He's like, no, nah, I don't know you. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. I said, all right. I said, okay, well, what you want me to do? I mean, I can fix it. He was like, oh, I ain't going to get you on the ticket. And then I don't know what maybe clicked in him mm-hmm. or changed his mind. But after he was like, step out, go ahead and look. And then he stepped on my brake mm-hmm. and I seen it was out. And then I mm-hmm. went to AutoZone and fixed it. Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't know, because maybe it was either my demeanor when he said, hey, your brake light is out. Mm-hmm. And once he said, and I was like, can you step on it? Once he I don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. something in him was like, damn, he already on the defensive and I haven't even said nothing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe he changed. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he was like, yeah, just get that fixed," mm-hmm. And I, he let me go on by my way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, I don't know what that was, but I'm glad he didn't give me no ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't give me a ticket. And so I'm, I'm not going to say all my interactions with police officers been bad. But it's just the ones that really stick out to me mm-hmm. are the ones that I had the bad experience yeah. with. Yeah. I had police lie on me when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm talking about I was like maybe 15 years old where me and my me I no I, I was in junior high. So whatever you wherever you are in junior high school, we was doing something we probably we shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing, right? And it was two of my Hispanic friends. They took us both down to the precinct, questioned us. And, well, they didn't question me. They questioned one of my other guys. And they let, they let me go. And I'm like, okay, what happened? And then when we got back on our street, they was like, yeah, the police said the black dude told on y'all. I'm like, they didn't say shit to me. They didn't even talk to me. Let me say this. <laughs> so I'm like, it. what the
1: fuck? Let me say this. That's a common thing, too. That's, that, let, me, let me say this. That's why a lot of people don't trust the police now. You know, you'll have crimes going on in neighborhoods, and people know who's doing it. Yeah. They won't tell the police officer because the police officer might go back and tell the person, hey, so-and-so told me you did such-and-such-and-such-and-such. That's that thing that I was talking about when I said... Social skills. Mm. You gotta protect the people that you out there to serve. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, And that's that's wrong. Okay. He was wrong. Whoever that officer was, he was wrong. Yeah. You don't do that because people get killed behind stuff like that. Depending on what the crime is, you you understand? Yeah. And so that's somebody who was just um, who's just looking for, you know breaking the breaking the, the crime the, you know breaking breaking everything up yeah. and, 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 and making sure that they they got who did it they don't care about the individual right you see what I'm saying yeah, yeah. when you care about the people in the neighborhood you won't do that you know and I think um, I developed such good relationships with the people out there that when we had a we had a, a murder that happened in Arlington mm-hmm. years ago high-profile uh, gentleman that owned funeral homes mm-hmm. in Fort Worth, okay. and he was murdered in Arlington. Uh, somebody called me at home. They called me on my cell phone. I'll never forget this. Middle of the night, they said, listen, um, we, I got somebody here that has some information for you. They put him on the phone. They gave me some information. I said, okay. I called who I needed to call. Next thing you know, an arrest was made in that murder. Mm. I didn't break that case because I'm some heck of a police officer. Right. That case got broke because somebody trusted me enough to give me the information, information. and knew I would never tell who they are or yeah. where it came from. And to this day, I've never said Ooh, where yeah. that information came from. And yeah, you shouldn't. And I, Exactly. You shouldn't. Now, let me say this. When the news broke, and it hit the news. My deputy chief came to my office and asked me, "How did you do that?" And I said, "Well, I can't give you that information." I said, "But plus, it's Arlington's case. I already gave the information to the, to the detective over there, and I've already informed him. I couldn't give him my information. And because they had some other things that sealed it, they didn't need they didn't need to, to you know find, find out, out who, who it was." Yeah. Do you know she got upset with me because I would not give that information? Your supervisor? That's right. Because they wanna be able to say that we Hey, we did this. Right. But that's, that's who told yeah. everybody wants attention. It's not about attention. Right. If I wanted the attention, I could have just said it myself you see what i'm saying right so it's about developing those relationships and trust and that's why i believe they really need to go back to community policing and it's going to be hard to do in the climate that we're in because people don't trust the police and it's going to be like it was when i first started nobody trusted the police they didn't like police they couldn't stand us yeah you know i remember i grew up in were born and raised pretty much went to high school there went to tcu you know and soon as i became a cop there were people that quit talking to me. <laughs> she ain't want us no more.
0: Yeah, we can't trust her. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it
1: took years for me to develop that rapport and for people to understand, this is just a job for me. I ain't out here looking for... What y'all you know doing? Right. You were selling dope before I got in the police department. Right. I already know that. Right, right. I ain't looking. I ain't looking to come and get you. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know nothing about your business. Right. But on the flip side, please understand, I ain't looking to to, to get you caught up. Right. You know, I don't want to know nothing. You ain't got to tell me nothing. But right. at the same time, you ain't got to you ain't got to run from me either. Because right. I'm not the one that's out here looking for stuff. Now, I would always make it plain. You do what you do, I do what I do. I know what you do, you know what what I I do. do. Mm -hmm. Now, if our paths cross and I'm doing my job, I'm going to do my job. Right. Don't expect me to put my job on the line to save your behind. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. But at the same time, I'm going to look out for you on your way to jail I ain't gonna let nobody hurt you I ain't gonna let nobody do nothing to you but at the same time I ain't finna give up my bread and butter for you right. cause you could've chose something else to do right. so it was a level of respect Right. and once we got that respect going and they understood look she ain't out here to get me but at the same time she's just doing her job right. once we got that going I never had any problems
0: I see, I see why now they wanted to keep you on the force. <laughs> I, see, I do, I do, because I respect that. I respect that. Like as long as I know, I just got to keep it away from her. That's don't it. don't let our paths cross. Right. I'm good. Like well, look, I, I know we be I, in the
1: same club. We yeah. used to be in the
0: same club, same nightclub. Look, yeah.
1: they in the same club that. Me and some of my police friends in, we all know what they do. Yeah. And they know what we do. Yeah. We all cool. Yeah. I ain't looking for nothing. Right. You do what you do. I do what I do. But now when I go to work, if your name come across that <laughs> desk and you got a warrant, I don't got... look for nothing from me because right. this is my job. Right. And you put yourself in that position. So we had to understand it. It was simple as that. I can tell you, I went to roll call in the gang unit one day. They set out a bunch of warrants guys we were looking for one of the kids that i worked with when i was doing community policing in that that apartment complex i told you about mm-hmm. he's he was a teenager by this time probably young adult i'd say maybe 18 19 had a robbery warrant i called some dudes that i knew in the neighborhood yeah say, hey i just left roll called. this boy got a robbery warrant does he know they said let me call you back do you know they called me back and he said, he said he at his granny house gone and come pick him up. <laughs> I went to his granny house. I picked him up. He goes to put his hands in the back to get, you know, for me to cuff him. I said, no, no, I'll cuff you when we get down to the jail, get in the front seat. Drove him down to the jail. We get into the bay. I handcuff him, take him in jail, let him handle his warrant. Simple as that, and I said, Why you? Why did you call and tell me to come get you? He said, Because I knew you were not gonna rough me up, <laughs> you know. So, that's I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. He knew what he did was wrong, exactly. he knew what, but he knew I wasn't gonna hurt him, yes, you know. And he knew I wasn't gonna. Now, I'm gonna tell you if you got a warrant, yeah. Now, if it's, if it's a drug raid that's getting ready to happen, I you guess nothing, right? I'm not gonna give you that information, right? Because that's my job, you right. see what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. And, and I would go on drug raids because when I was with the task force, you know, we weren't black mask and we go in there first of all, I look at my hands. Mm. If I ain't wearing gloves and and I'm the only sister on the team, they probably already know no. who it is. Yeah. So we after we done made the, you know, done the truck raid, they sitting on the, you know, everybody sitting there like this waiting to be transported. I walk by and one of them be like, Rhonda, I know that's you under <laughs> that mask. i be like, I know. I don't even know why I was, man. I don't even know. So, yeah. I mean, you know, but we we have some stories where we can laugh. And a lot of them have gone to prison, gotten out, got their life together. And today, you know, we have conversations. And it's like, you know what? You told me back then, I didn't get it then. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you never treated me any different than, you know. And that's where their social skills come in at. You got to understand somebody else's walk. Right. Somebody didn't have the resources I had. Right to live the life that I was able to live, to go to college and do this. So they resort, resorted to what they knew, which right. was the street game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have cousins that, that were in the street game. I have relatives that were in the street game. Just because we related don't mean we had the same opportunities, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, so makes so I sense. understood that. So I treated people. My grandparents still, they lived in the hood. I, rem, I, I remember a guy opened a dope house across the street from my grandparents' house. And my grandparents was like, "Man, he got all this traffic." I went over there and talked to him. I said, "Dude, you
0: can't do this right here." Yeah, not, in my, not across street from Granny'
1: He house. was like, "You know what? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know." He shut it down. He kept the house. Yeah. Shut it down. It was no longer a trap house. Mm-hmm. It's probably where he's counting his money. Yeah, yeah. But he watched out for my grandparents the whole time. He had that house there. He looked out for my grandparents. He would go to the store for him. He'd do whatever. But he moved the business somewhere else. Why? Because.
0: And you was a police at this time.
1: I was a police officer. But I tell him you, you ain't finna do that here. Right. Because if they come and shoot up, you know, my grandparents are, you no. Know, yeah. You got, and everybody on that street, I've known those people since I was a little girl. You can't do that right here. And he respected that. Yeah. He moved his dope house somewhere else. He stayed in the house. And he watched out for my grandparents while he was there. He, he called me. Hey. Uh I, I I was just checking to see if your grandparents needed anything from the stove. You know, I, I mean, you know, stay away from over there, but we good. Yeah, yeah. You just stay on across <laughs> yeah, the street. Yeah. But you good. You yeah. know, so it's, it's it's all about social skills and understanding where people come from. And, yes. and I think that's what we miss with a lot of a lot of these offices out here.
0: Yes, I, I agree one hundred percent. Um my last question, does cause I know with with majority of black men that I that I know, they usually getting beat up in the courts, right? From either tickets or, it's because I feel like the the court system is slowly it just beats you down little by little, little yeah. by little, taking your license. It starts from just taking your right. license, and then you're not able to get a job. Then you got this kind of. So when it comes to um, getting a, a ticket or going to court, right? Mm-hmm. I know for me, the number one word or phrase that I learned is due process. Mm -hmm. For me, that was such important because I was like, oh, they can't just do that to you? They was Mm -hmm. like, no, you need to go. You have due process as a citizen. Mm -hmm. And they have to go through the due process to actually find you guilty of either for a ticket or for a crime, Mm -hmm. right? What do you think, number one, as far as when black people go to court, how should they handle that what should they do besides i mean just getting an attorney because i know i had to fight i had a bunch of tickets in la Mm -hmm. where they took my license for years Mm -hmm. and it wasn't um until i went to somebody where he gave me a bunch of information on how to fight the court to get my tickets um removed and -hmm. be able to get my license back because i i went for years Mm -hmm. driving with no no license no let before i before you answer that question though Um, does officers, do they have like a, um, like a reward system for getting tickets? No, I think uh, there's
1: a misconception that there is a quota that officers have to meet to write tickets. And I always tell people there, trust me, there's no quota because I would, they would get on me all the time. Uh, Rhonda, you don't wrote two tickets this week, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so that there's no quota, so to speak. But you do have to show that you're out there working. Okay. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's yeah. not a quota. They can't. It's it's illegal for them to say, "Hey, you have to write 25 tickets in a week," you know. Or it's Christmas time. This is the one people always think it's Christmas time. They got a quota. They got to write tickets. No, that's not true. Okay, they, they cannot tell you you need to write 15 tickets in a week or you need to you need to write a minimum of 4 tickets a day. They can't do, do that. that okay. okay? However, your job as a police officer is to enforce the law. Right. So, if you never ever write a ticket, that's a problem. Mm. So, you know, and and police officers will laugh if they see this, but I'd be like, two tickets a day, keep the sergeant away. You get your <laughs> two and you're done for the day. You ain't got to stop no more cars. You're going to do what you're going to do, you know. Because mm. a lot of people don't do, a lot of people, traffic stops ain't they, ain't they niche. They, yeah. they ain't really tripping on traffic stops unless it's something major. Like I said, you see a kid not in the car seat or, you know, you see somebody run a light and almost hit somebody. And, yeah, you're going to do, you know, you're going you're gonna to go ahead and write that ticket. But for the most part, um, they have traffic units that that's their sole responsibility and those are the ones you see on the highway Mm. that are running radar that's their sole responsibility is to keep the traffic flowing at a nice speed you know making sure that people are not going over the speed limit and that type of thing but your regular patrol officers just out there you know it might see you roll through a stop sign and stop you and, and write you a ticket you know that's that's their job. They're gonna do that, but there's no quota. Got you.
0: Know? you. Yeah. Okay. All right, Rhonda, I want to thank you so much for coming through. Like, I think, um, I think I got a, a good perspective on on the other side of that badge. You know what I mean? Because I've only seen it from one side. So, mm-hmm. thank you again um, for coming through. And I know you do another radio show. Um, What is the name of it again? It's
1: called Behind the Blue Curtain. Okay. And um, we air, uh, we come on live every Saturday. Okay. 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay. um, Till noon. It's a two hour show. And um, we talk about uh, police reform, social injustice. You know, this morning we talked about the whole Minnesota thing and the riots. Hopefully, next week we get to talk about this autopsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the results from this autopsy and George State. Floyd's right. Yes. Okay. Um. Uh. That that is the only show in the country where you have three former police officers who look like us and giving you a perspective from us from mm. three black police officers. So, okay. Um. There are other co-hosts on the show, but uh Mr. Stan Mason, who was a who is a retired twenty-five year. A veteran officer out of Waco, Texas, is the one who developed that show a couple of years before he retired. And then he recruited um, Mr. Joseph J. Mosley, the second out of Chicago, who is a 32-year retired Chicago homicide detective. And then you have myself. And there, then we have um, two, three other co-hosts on the show. One guy who did, I think he did, uh, I think John did, if I'm not mistaken, 20-something years in prison. And so he talks, he talks about the, the aspect of, you know, uh, being in, incarcerated and making the transition when you come out. So yeah. we have a pretty diverse uh, group. Okay, show, and so we try to hit everything from the different angles so everybody can understand. You know, you it's rare that you see former police officers and somebody who served time in prison come together and do a show, And I think that's what makes our show so unique.
0: Okay, behind the blue curtain, y'all, make sure y'all tune in Uh, again. Rhonda, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me, I appreciate Um, it. Anytime we get uh some kind of police thing I want to have you back. Sure. Um it's it's another guy um that I that I have on quite mm-hmm. a bit named Austin. Okay. That's real insightful. He's uh he's one of those guys on the on the ground. Mhm. I, def- I would definitely want to have both of y'all in sure. at some point in time. Sure. But thank you again um for coming on. I appreciate thank it.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, Anytime. no problem. I, that's, I mean Community is my thing, so anytime I can help, just let me know. And, again, I appreciate you.
0: Yes. Yo, thank y'all for tuning in. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Make sure y'all like us on uh, YouTube, subscribe. Um, Thank y'all again. This is the Tap In Podcast. Holla.